Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. You got it. That's us. That's that's right. That's welcome right. To, that's right. Uh, this is our 27th episode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes, this is <laughs> us. So we are, we're over the, uh, what was it, 25, you can rent a car with an adult, we had that. 26 27 nothing happens from here on out no yeah till retirement that's it that's life and then uh and then we'll end at like 65 or 65 and a half and (laughs) we'll 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 take our pension and go (laughs) one year of classic gaming brothers (laughs) anyway let's uh get into the thing that we do here and uh chat about video games that is what we do that is what we've created this brand to do this brand to talk about video games talk about video games so let's do it so what have you been recently been playing well seth i've recently been playing chex quest hd for high definition it recently dropped as of uh as of a few weeks ago as of the airing of of this episode or rather a few days ago as of the recording of this episode it is a or about a week ago i think as of the recording of this episode (laughs) that was a while ago you're throwing me winks and stuff it's weird uh (laughs) something in my something's in my eye (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were trying to tell me something (laughs) No. All right, so I have been, so I've been playing Chex Quest HD. It is a recent release from General Mills uh, and the Chex team. Uh, it is a HD re- <laughs> remaster, if you would, of the uh, original first Chex Quest game for the PC, which we talked about in our episode on Chex Quest. Yes, uh, it is a very nice remaster of the game. It is in full 3D in the Unreal Engine, I'm pretty sure, where you're fighting off, you know, those Flemloids, and uh, it's now fully voice acted. There's multiple characters, including uh, a female Chex character and um, some assorted other pieces of party mix. They've embraced the uh, Chex mix versus the Chex cereal. Exactly, yeah. There's also uh, an added multiplayer ability, which Seth and I played a little bit of on yeah that was our, fun. on our on our twitch we actually got joined by the official <laughs> checks mix uh twitch channel for a bit which was a fun little thing to happen uh so yeah i've just been enjoying that game so far it's lived up to my expectations no complaints uh well i mean i i, I can always find something to complain about but i'm enjoying the game for what it is did, so. did you um did you beat the game with all the characters yet not yet i played through um fred who was the main checks guy and i played through pretzel who's the uh like bastion character oh yeah how was that it, it's fun there's a there's a uh, a fun little thing at the end of the game you know each character has kind of a special ending and his is his is really funny but beyond uh, the skin and the different ending and the beginnings for the cinematics and the dialogue there's not much change to the gameplay. It, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I think I feel like Pretzel might have been a little harder, but it might have just it might have just been me being bad at it at that point. Right, right. So I, I there's like the gameplay doesn't really change up, and the the uh, levels don't really change up from what it looks like. I think you're just kind of playing through with a new set of eyes and a new set of uh, quips because all the characters kind of make little quips as they collect items and. Uh, proceed through the level 
Right. Now, um, do you feel like the game, would you have preferred a more true remastering or do you do you like the kind of spiritual remaster as it were i think i liked the the spiritual remaster um i i I think we already kind of got a a, as close to a true remaster with chex quest 3 which came out Mm. uh, back in 2008 because that's running on a modern source port of doom that you can upscale that to like 1920 by 1080p resolution so like <laughs> that's probably the closest we're going to get to a to a remastering of that nature but for for what chex quest hd offers i think it's a it's a fun little free game um which it is right now it's free on steam uh to to, to mess around with i will say that if you haven't played the original game it, it might be a little hard to jump into because i think it's is it is a very niche sort of game to play i mean I think Seth and I really enjoy it because that's a game we grew up with as the original Chex Quest, and we talked about that. But if it's not a game that you have you've, you've uh, are familiar with, um, then it might be a little harder for you to get into. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, though it, it is a pretty short game. I think there's, what, five levels? Yeah, about five levels. I think I, I t- it took me less than a, an hour to beat the entirety of the main yeah. campaign with Fred, and then... About an hour or so with Pretzel just because I died. Right. Uh, so, Seth, what have you been playing on your on your video gaming? Uh, so, actually, uh, recently I've been playing around with a Raspberry Pi and have been playing around with the uh, Retro Pi operating system that you can get for the Raspberry Pi. Right, yeah. Where you can put um, numerous things on it. And I've been playing the... Uh, X-Men Arcade game, which is a fun uh, game that came out in 92, and uh, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game, and it's a lot of fun. I was playing with uh, my fiance, and we were, we were going through the game uh, together, and it's a, it was like a little break from uh, your more like newer games or like your Switch games and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a good kind of uh, relaxing game, and and because it's uh, through uh, main emulation, then you don't have to feed coins. You can just yes. give yourself life, yeah. so you can actually beat the game without spending a thousand dollars. Yeah, you could just keep. Uh, I think you can like assign a button to act as the uh, the coin input, so you can just yep. kind of like rack it up. Yep, or, or let it go down because the only way you can change characters is if you die so you have to you have to like you have to balance a uh a, like a level of health between having enough if you want to play that character or running it down if you want to change the character right 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 well cool um, it's a lot of fun um well actually um that's going to lead us into today's episode yeah what a, what a talk- segue i'm uh, almost like it was designed that way Today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about arcade cabinets. We've we've talked in other episodes about wanting to talk about arcade cabinets. So this is one of our first episodes where we talk about them. Yeah. So there is a, a lot to unpack with arcade cabinets. They were and still are kind of a, a, me, a entirely different console, as it were. Mm-hmm. They are their own thing and they are still being produced today. Um, there's companies like Dave and Buster's that have arcades and, um, various other type of adult or children entertainment locations that you can go to that either have older arcades or new production arcade, uh, arcade games. 
and or the very popular barcades that they're they now have out there right um, with the resurgence of retro video game collecting there's been some professionally produced uh home arcades that you can buy through a company called arcade one up um which sells like 300 dollars uh mini uh cabinets um at places like home depot and walmart um they are smaller they're about uh, about four feet high and i think you can get a riser to crank it up to about five feet they have a huge collection of them i mean they have uh, the teenage mutant ninja turtles one they have street fighter they have pac-man they have etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's definitely it's definitely a a market that is starting to come back a little bit since the the heyday so with that we're going to specifically talk about beat-em-up games right within the arcade game genre so we're going to talk about arcade cabinets, specifically beat 'em up games in the arcade cabinets. We know that there are plenty of arcade cabinets, shooters, drivers, all different type of uh, genres out there within the arcade cabinets. So, but we specifically today we're going to talk about beat 'em ups. Zach, what are your um, what are your memories of any any sort of arcade beat 'em up games? Yeah, so um, the the one I think. I remember really well, um, which you already you already talked a little bit about, and we'll talk a little more about, is the X-Men arcade game. Uh, so there was a movie theater that my father used to take me to. It was a second-run movie theater, so it showed a lot of movies, usually like a month or two after they were out of the movie theater, and then they would wow. show the movie at a discounted rate. Uh, and it had a small arcade section in the front of the theater that I think they actually ended up getting rid of before they shut down, but it included the X-Men arcade game as one of the, uh, as one of the machines. And I remember playing that bit there. I also remember playing a little bit of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade machine, but I don't remember when and where I played it. I just remember playing it. All right. I'm fairly certain it might have been there was a arcade that seth and i went to very briefly up in maine a long time ago i don't know if seth even remembers this but we went um we stayed in maine by the beach and there was a boardwalk that had like an arcade inside of what looked like a barn and uh i remember we went to that arcade york york maine yeah york um so we went to the arcade up in in york maine and uh we I believe they had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles machine in there that I think I remember playing. So in regards to my memories, uh, I, of course, uh, the X-Men arcade game is uh, very much a a staple memory of mine. Um, I actually do remember it at that movie theater, but more so my memory is at a roller rink in in, uh, Connecticut that we would go to as children. And it was uh, Rollerama. I think it was called a very type of roller. Uh, yeah, I think it's still an operation today. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> they, they just need to pay the DJ. They, <laughs> yeah, they may even still have the X Men arcade game. Um, they they had the X Men arcade game as well as a few other ones. But I remember as a child being very excited to go to the roller rink, not to skate, but to play the X Men arcade game. Like, I didn't want to go rollerblade around. I wanted, or roller skate around. I wanted to go and I wanted to play the X Men arcade game because I wanted to beat the game. And, uh, I, that's whenever we had, would have parties there with my friends, I would always try and get my friends together and we would go and just beeline to the arcade machine to try and beat it. As, uh, beat em up games, uh, tended to be difficult. And because they tended to be difficult, they tended to take a lot of coins. I, I really also enjoy in that vein um, the 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, I also have memories of playing. Um, I have more recent memories of playing it as well, um, as I've encountered it uh, in barcades as an adult now that I can yeah. drink and play games. Yeah. Um, so there, there is some barcades that I've attend that I've gone to that have had the Teenage Mutant Turtle game um, as well as the Simpsons game. Right. Um, okay. Both of them play their beat 'em up style uh, games. With those games, I think the best part is that you can have four to six players, and I think. There's, I don't think there's anything better than trying to cram in like four people around one screen and right. trying to button mash yeah. cooperatively. Uh, so I think that a big difference between the beat 'em up genre versus like the com- like the compet like the two one v one combat like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighters the fighting genre is that beat 'em up is very much a cooperative game where you're going against endless foes where the uh, fighting games is generally against either the art the AI or a human opponent controlling the other controls which i think is a, a nice element about beat em ups is it because it's more cooperative i think it, at least to me always lended to be uh, more of a fun time because when you were doing well it was due to how well you were cooperating and working with the other player and when you're both doing bad it's like you know you start making fun of each other and being like ah oh, why are you so bad at that character you know swap out for this character blah 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 you know it it it, it lended to a different form of uh playing games versus how most arcade games were which were trying to get the highest score or trying to beat the other person right i th- i think also with that i think I just want to kind of define a beat-em-up game before kind of talking about the beat-em-up games. You may be listening to this and you may be, you may understand exactly what we're talking about when it comes to a beat-em-up game, but you may have that thought of like, what is a beat-em-up game? Uh, So it is generally a side-scrolling game where you can sometimes um, move in four directions on the screen. Well, sometimes it's only restricted to um, either two directions. You can either go forward or backwards. Some allow you to go up and down, forward and backwards. You are fighting essentially multiple it's not it is multiple wave of enemies, but they're in different parts of the stage. So yeah. you have to you're in one part of the stage you take out a bunch of enemies, that stage gets cleared, you get to move on, and you kind of get forward as you progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you will pro- progressively attack enemies that will take more and more hits to kill. You will have various abilities at your disposal to fight. Uh, generally, you will have a main attack, which is something that can be repeated, such as a punch or uh, like Leonardo's uh, swords mm, or right. many of the X-Men will just punch. Then you'll have like a jump ability, perhaps, uh, which you can also combine with your punch. So you can jump punch. Then there will maybe like a, uh, a special ability. So you sometimes would have the ability to also kick, uh, kick punch. From what I remember of the X-Men arcade game, there was a, a joystick that controlled your movement. And then you had at least, I remember, I I want to say there was button for the superpower, button for jump, button for punch. I think I want to say there was a kick. I want to say there was like four to six buttons that you can push. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I, I, there's at least three. Jump, jump, punch, and 
power. I know with at least a majority of beat-em-up games, they they have kind of a wide variety of buttons. Uh, but the one thing that I think was nice about beat-em-up games versus fighting games is you didn't really have a ton of combination moves that you would have to do. So for example, in like Street Fighter to do a Hadouken, I think it's like quarter circle back punch or something like that. You have to, you know, do that whole combination right. of, of moves to get him to throw a Hadouken, where in mm-hmm. most of these beat-em-up games, your characters would have special moves, but a lot of they times... They would be activated on a button. It would, a lot of times it would be activated on a button with having a certain amount of power or energy. Right. So, like, for example... Um, I believe in like the X-Men arcade game when you're playing is like Cyclops, you can use an op- optic blast where he shoots the laser. Um, and at the highest ability, it does like a ton of damage. And then at the lowest ability, it doesn't do much at all. Um, so, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it was, you're thinking of the Sega game, I think. I might be. In the, uh, the arcade game, you get a limited amount of uses. They do all the same power ability. Um, but you get, there's like these little globes that sit up under your, um, one up and you, you may have, you can collect more. And as long as you have a globe, you can use the power. Once you Uh, run out of the globe, you can't use the power anymore, but the power is the same strength regardless in that game. That's what happens Um, when you have too many X-Men games. It's too many. You can't have too many X-Men games. (laughs) Um, I, I think, uh, another part of the beat em up game is the, boss levels i think a lot of the boss levels are just so like for me like so memorable in regards to especially like the x-men game and the teeny mutant ninja turtle games and in some regards oh like i think you fight crusty the clown in the simpson games yeah yeah um they're just like i i could tell you like boss for boss what what order you go through in the x-men arcade game they always occur at the end of the stage as they are a boss Mm -hmm. and so you're already like worn by the time you get to this boss and then you have to fight fight this boss that's going to be going to take so many more hits and they'll like you have to just beat them up. Generally, based on my history of playing the game, it's very difficult to get a standard attack on a boss. Right. Essentially, you just like pound your mutant power over and over and over again, or your special power, and then the other person has to do the same thing, and eventually you may get it so that you can hit them, but the boss could kill you in two hits. You're right. And part of that is these beat-em-up games were supposed to be addictive to play, and cost you money to come back because the game is more than happy to have you drop in or drop out of the current game and it gave you some time play between putting your quarters in selecting your character and then when you died it would give you a countdown it would say hey you got 20 seconds long enough to get more quarters out oh yeah to get funnel them in so then you'd be like okay i'm, I'm gonna be right back and the game Part of it just never, it wouldn't stop until every single person ran out of quarters and it counted down. And then the game would stop and would game over. But if if somebody was always feeding quarters into the machine, which is the purpose for the person who made the machine <laughs> to make money, um, then they're, it's doing its job, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a game, it's, they're designed in such a way, which is why... In my opinion, you see beat 'em up games, see them in the arcade. Like it's it's their like staple of an arcade. Where for the home console version, they may not be as 
tough or as difficult because the arcade is making them deliberately more harder so yeah. that you could more harder uh, to make make them harder yeah. in order to to pull quarters out of your pocket. So uh, we we talked about general kind of arcade history in our Atari episode. So with this focus on beat 'em ups, we're gonna you know talk about obviously the history of beat 'em ups. The beat fir- em ups. Beat em ups. So the the, <laughs> the first uh, beat em up that is really labeled a beat em up, even though it doesn't necessarily follow a lot of the mechanics that we would come to know and love from the beat em up genre, is a game called Kung Fu Master, which was released in 1984 by IREM. Um, I believe it was called Samurai X or something. In it had a different name in Japan. Uh, so Kung Fu Master shares some things with beat em ups. It is a, a 2D side scrolling game where you have to fight multiple waves of enemies. Uh, the one thing that it differs from is that it is on a flat kind of. Uh, it, 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 there's only really an X and Y axis. There's no uh, or an X or Y and Z axis rather. There's no X axis, so you're not going in multiple directions like up and down you're only going left to right most of the enemies if i remember correctly from playing one of the ports of the games take only about like one hit to kill except for like the bosses so you're just like punching guys as they come through and they're just falling <laughs> uh so it's 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 a fairly fairly different from the kind of idea of what we know as a beat up game but it, it definitely is one of the earlier examples of what a beat up game is uh, but really what kind of became the the genre setter, what really took everything that we know from beat-em-up games and, and started them out was a game called Renegade, which was created by Technos, um, where they were a company in Japan. Um, what Renegade offered was bunch of stuff that became staples in video game in in beat-em-ups enemies taking multiple hits to kill players being able to move in multiple directions with a uh, pseudo x-axis different actions such as the jumping the punching and the kicking and such and the the stage were very clearly is a linear progression from stage to stage with the stages all kind of feeling to blend together and i haven't played renegades but i think there also was objects and such that littered the floor that you could pick up and use to beat people with which became definitely a staple throughout the rest of beat 'em up history. I think that's kind of like a regular right. in beat 'em ups was being able to smack people with assorted yeah grab the environment and just hit them with it yeah like trash cans or um two by fours usually is a popular one i know or lead pipes and stuff like that uh but yeah renegade was the game that really kind of gave us that that whole style of beat em up and and really defined it and then technos really brought it home with double dragon which came out the next year um and that gave us co-op it brought in the 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 second player which essentially became what beat-em-ups are i mean yeah beat-em-ups to this day that are being made are almost always co-op so that's that those those two games uh renegade and double dragon really set what became the standard of of beat-em-up games and if you talk to anybody about arcade beat-em-ups and you mentioned renegade and you mentioned double dragon i 100 percent bet that the person will recall with more clarity double dragon versus renegade because double dragon did such a good job at bringing the beat-em-up genre to life that it pretty much just buried renegade to the back corner of the arcade it just said double dragons here even though it was done by technos yeah i was gonna say which was fine for them (laughs) yeah they (laughs) they were like well we've we hit a better uh we had a better game i mean double dragon had a movie based off of it that's how how much better it did I mean, renegade did not have a movie based off of it double dragon's movie is not good 
but it still had a movie based off of it. And that's something. <laughs> there, there's three other uh, arcade cabinets that I, I want to uh, that we we want to mention and talk about in this episode about beat 'em up games, and we've already alluded to and talked about each one of them individually, separately, I guess. Um, so now I just kind of wanted to go over them, and in we're going to go chronologically in order. So they were all developed by a company called Konami. And they Konami dealt with a lot of licensed properties when it came to video games. And they were in charge of creating the video games of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Simpsons, and the X-Men arcade game. Uh, they came out in 1989 for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 1991 with the simpsons and 1992 for the x-men arcade game and as spoken in my our, in our memory section i think these particularly these three games together kind of for me encapsulate the arcade for me yeah uh, they they were they were the game that i wanted to get on first and if i couldn't get onto it i would play another game waiting for them to come open so that i can play these games and to this day i find myself gravitating more toward these arcade games when i see them so um there's a there's a there's a couple of barcades that i've been to in the past few years uh barcades as the name implies is a bar mixed with an arcade some of them will have either like teenage mutant ninja turtles or x-men arcade game i i very rarely have seen the simpsons one but i've seen it maybe once or twice um and they're always the most crowded ones and they're always the one i try to get on <laughs> uh, like so to this day you know I, I i try to get on one of those games one of the comic shops that we went to in maine before all of the corona actually had the simpsons oh yeah i remember that yeah (laughs) and everyone was on it (laughs) so the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh is a story in regards to uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles it takes place uh so shredder kidnaps april o'neill and uh splinter the four turtles have to get together and chase down and defeat shredder so this game is primarily a four-player cabinet game though in uh japan it was sold only as a two-player conversion kit meaning so meaning that in the north america and and oceana release and uh europe they were you could get four people standing around the same arcade um and in japan you could only get two people they actually they also went by four different names um so it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in North America, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in Europe, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Super Kame Ninja in Japan. Yeah, that that Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles is actually a was that was the branding of the entire IP in Europe due to some weird decision that the word ninja was too violent for for children europe had a lot of arcade games that were either reprogrammed or retitled to have a less violent um name to them the most prominent example is contra which became probotector in parts of europe where you're playing as robots as opposed to uh rambo knockoffs the bosses for the team mutant ninja turtles game were part of those like memorable bosses and, and like i said bosses for beat-em-up games for me is the best part of the beat-em-up game i just i love i love what the boss looks like i like i like what the like how did the the special challenge to defeat the bosses i just think at the generally like the 
audio and that they make is really like just like sticks with you forever yeah yeah um and the bosses in the Teenage mutant ninja turtle game you fight rocksteady and bebop you first fight them first rocksteady then you fight bebop and then you fight them as a unit rocksteady and bebop uh baxter stockman granitor general trag krang and then eventually shredder himself um i i really liked uh docs the the dr um brax baxter stockman Bax baxter stockman i don't want to say doctor um baxter stockman i really liked him because he's the fly yes and there that whole stage is like happens up on like a catwalk and like he's flying around and it's just really like i know i'm playing like it just makes me that i remember that part of the game more than i remember like the beginning of the game or anything like else of the game yeah is that part of it so then the next game that came out was the simpsons game right well the not, game. That's, that's the game next game that we're talking about and chronologically it was the simpsons game yeah, not the next game that came out ever. <laughs> <laughs> the The Simpsons game was also developed by Konami. It came out in 1991, and it was the first video game based on the Simpsons franchise to be released in North America. And similar to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, it's a it's a four player beat 'em up. You control members of the Simpsons family, um, and you're trying to fight enemies in order to rescue Maggie, who has been right. kidnapped by right. The, the the villains mr burns yeah mr burns um which is funny so each one of these beat em up games they have like there's a reason there's like a revenge story or like a rescue story yeah. for like all of them and that that really and that really comes from renegade where renegade had a revenge story um so they're they're all pretty much taking their plot point from renegade right so like in teenage mutant ninja turtle april neil and splinter kidnapped and the simpsons uh maggie's kidnapped and that's a a baby so you definitely need to rescue her (laughs) and this in the simpsons there are they also have um strong bosses like different boss characters throughout the uh the game as well which culminate in fighting mr burns in a battle suit yes yeah <laughs> um and i believe uh crest the clown is one of them yeah i think you fight you fight through a lot of the like i think crusty the clown and i think maybe sideshow bob um yeah so you fight through a lot of the kind of uh uh some a lot of the characters on the simpsons uh this was one of the the this was one of the few games that actually has not really seen a, a re-release um, in, in really any form so it was ported to the commodore 64 and ms dos soon after its release but the this port was the one for the commodore commodore 64 was nowhere near close to the arcade game and the one for dos um it was only fairly close in terms of visuals but it definitely didn't play with the same kind of fluidity but it was released very briefly on xbox live arcade in the playstation network back in 2012 and then both versions were pulled from the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade, and since then it has not seen a re-release. Uh, so it is it is a hard to come by game, and uh, maybe someday uh, Fox will, or I guess now Disney will give up the rights to allow them to uh, re-release it. One other thing about the Simpsons arcade game, though, that I wanted to include is that there is a fun little Easter egg in it for people who 
um, know anything about history of the Simpsons. So I guess uh, Matt Groening at the time had this idea of introducing Marge to have bunny ears under her uh, large hairdo that she has. For those who have never seen The Simpsons or have never seen a picture of a Simpson, uh, Marge Simpson has this like stack of blue hair it's on top of beehive. her. I guess Matt Groening at the time wanted to have bunny ears under there to be revealed in some future episode. And uh, the arcade has a little remnant of this. When Marge gets electrocuted, you see bunny ears underneath her, her hairstyle. That's fun. Yeah, so the little, little detail, I guess the... Uh, the arcade people were aware of before anyone else was aware of the secret that never was revealed. Uh, each of each of the four uh, family members has their a unique style of fighting. Uh, Homer punches and kicks. Marge's has a vacuum cleaner that she swings. Bart has a skateboard, and uh, Lisa attacks with a jump rope. If you are playing with multiple people, which you should be, two characters standing close to each other could mount a combined attack. Uh, so you would you can mix mingle like. Homer and Marge would uh, hold each other ankles and roll around the screen or something like that. And uh, you could also pick up items and either throw or swing them, such as mailboxes, bowling balls, hammers, and all that. And once again, the game is kind of driving you. um, Once your life is all lost, you have to add more uh, more coins to keep the game going. Uh, The cabinets were either uh, two two cabinets or uh, four-player cabinets. Uh, depending on the situation and so the uh the last cabinet uh, of this kind of konami trilogy of cabinets is the uh the x-men arcade cabinet which i think is seth and my personal favorite i know it's definitely seth's personal favorite absolutely uh i I remember when the the i remember when that movie theater went out of business i think the first thing you told me was you're like i want to go there and just grab that cabinet because <laughs> you're like i'm definitely sitting in their storage somewhere the x-men arcade game is the pinnacle of arcade beat-em-ups in my opinion especially if you're a fan of the arc of the x-men franchise oh yeah unlike the other two konami games that we talked about where you would either have a two or a four person version x-men would either have a four or a six person cabinet since there were six total X-Men that you could play as, and if you had a full max cabinet, you could get up to six people sitting around the same cabinet playing every single one of the X-Men in this particular version of the X-Men. Now, this version of the X-Men is a very strange version of the X-Men. So this arcade game was released in 1992. Coincidentally, Fox released the X-Men, ar- the X-Men cartoon in 1992. But how were they able to get an arcade to release at the same time as a cartoon series? How did they do that? How did they time that perfectly? Well, the, car- the arcade is not based on the cartoon that was released in 1992. It is, in fact, based on a cartoon that was released in 1989. And there is a pilot called X-Men Pride of the X-Men. Pride spelled with a Y because it's for Kitty Pride and her last name, and it is a I guess I you know it's just like a pun on her name. Uh, X Men Pride of the X Men, where the plot was rescuing Kitty Pride. Mm. This beat 'em up game had Kitty Pride was kidnapped and she had to be rescued. I, I also think Professor Xavier is kidnapped as well. It happens. Um, but he tells you to go get Kitty Pride, and then he gets kidnapped. 
It happens. Like in in the car in the in the in the beat 'em up. Like you're with Charles Xavier. He's like, go get them. And then somewhere along the line, he also gets kidnapped. The game has you play up to six playable characters, and I'm going to try and do those from memory. So that is Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Dazzler, and Colossus. And that is a random assortment of X-Men that you wouldn't necessarily put in your mind eye as a X-Men team. But that was the team that was in the pilot episode of the 1989 X-Men Pride of the X-Men. So that is why those X-Men are represented in the uh, X-Men arcade game. Their ob- your objective is to stop Magneto and his army of Sentinels, Mutant Crocodiles, Reavers, and his team of supervillain cronies, which where you fight through the Pyro, Blob, Wendigo, Nimrod, the White Queen, Juggernaut, and Mystique, and then of course Magneto himself. Um, I when I was recently playing, since I just recently played, I actually got up to Nimrod. Um, I saw it was Pyro, Blob, Wendigo, the White Queen. And Nimrod is the order that I got through. And then we we stopped playing after Nimrod. Um, and it is a it is a it is a great beat-em-up game. <laughs> so part of the gimmick is that in order for you to use your mutant powers, you must sacrifice your health to use them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you drop under a certain point of health you uh, can't use your mutant powers anymore. But you can also get bonus mutant powers, which you can store as an item. Mm. So as long as you have health or have those glowing balls that are representative of you having mutant powers, then you can use your power. They did also have a a two-person version of the game as well. And the six person the six person cabinet had a double screen, yeah. So they made a double wide setup. I think the one at the movie theater was a four person cabinet, if I remember correctly. But yes, there there were also some amazing scripts. Yes, the game was uh, plagued with some translation issues. I guess you could uh, you could say. Uh, for one example, is Magneto will say, "I am Magneto, master of magnet." <laughs> <laughs> and also the other, the other famous line where um to put it in context the x-men are walking um well fighting you know through these waves of enemies and they get to a cliff and magneto rises up from in front of the cliffside and says x-men welcome to die and then shoots lightning at the cliffside which then explodes and you drop down. <laughs> yes. They also only used two voice actors in the original recording. Good. <laughs> one for a uh, for the male characters and one for the female characters. So that's one of the reasons that everyone sounds the same. <laughs> the game is, you kind of do the same thing, but like oh, it's like all beat-em-up games. And where you can just kind of do the th- same thing of beating people up. Uh, the game was also on iOS and Android. I think it's still available on the Android market. It's no longer on the iOS market. It's also one of those games that's very difficult to track down um, it, to um, play it through distribution channels. Yeah, it uh, like the Simpsons game, it was available on XBLA and PSN um, and was also pulled at some point. Uh, a fun fact about that port, though, apparently 
because of some licensing issues, they had to re-record all the dialogue for those ports, but they kept the bad translations. <laughs> so the dialogue was re-recorded by new voice actors, but they still kept the welcome to die and I am Magneto, master of magnet, <laughs> which is beautiful. You know, that's, I love it. <laughs> I, I think it's cool about it as well is because so this was 92 when the game was made and they had double screens um or it looked like it was one contiguous screen Mm. they these were crts as well they were not like lcd screens um and there wasn't any type of technology the technology that they had in place was a physical mirror that (laughs) reflected part of the screen back into where you're playing so that it created this effect of a single large screen right i think that was i think that's that type of engineering in arcade cabinets is not seen anymore because we can just accomplish things with bigger screens or more technology you know like more software or something to figure it out Mm. where like classic engineering of just throwing a mirror in there to fix it is something in in, i think a, a unique part of this game as well the this game, as well as many of the other beat-em-ups, worked on a strategy of having to be on a different axis as your enemy You're when right. you could. Yep. So there wasn't a lot of like blocking or countering in these games. There was attacking and attacking. And so in order to avoid the some of the attacks, you had to actually physically move yourself outside of the... Um, the axis that the enemy was on, mm. which is is a is a strategy for beat 'em up games. Oh yeah, definitely. It, I think I think all three of these Konami games, I think were were for, were very cool in terms of uh, not only utilizing the IPs that were provided to them, but also really building what became, I think, three of the best beat 'em up games out there. There is two more beat 'em up games that I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to surprise Seth with these. But Ooh, I wanted to always fun. Talk I like about surprises. These. I don't know if Seth's actually played these, but I've played through both of them th- through a modern port of them, and, and they fit perfectly because they they came out in '94, so they came out after the after the X Men game. But these games are the two Capcom beat 'em ups: Dungeon and Dragons Tower of Doom and Dungeon and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara, which are the <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons beat 'em up games that were created by Capcom also and and distributed by SSI here in America for the arcade. <laughs> I think I've, I'm familiar with um I think it's I sure it's not Mistra. It might be Mistra. Yeah. Yeah, I it's for the the game with um I'm familiar with the Dungeons and Dragons with Mistra. I'm not. I don't think I'm familiar with the first one that you said. Can you can you explain the kind of like how is it like Golden Axe? Yes and no. So um, both games are actually all part of a a, a part of a storyline called the Chronicles of Mystera. Um, so the first one, Tower of Doom, is um, kind of similar to Golden Axe. You you play as uh, a few different character types there's the fighter the elf the cleric or the dwarf fighter is balanced has uh you know range and power in terms of swinging his sword and such the elf is uh short range with a with a smaller sword packs less of power but is um has some arcane spells at her disposable at disposal 
The cleric has fighting skills similar to the elf, but he can also heal and he can um, use some divine spells. And the dwarf is a short range attack. Um, and he is the most powerful character because he has uh, some quick combos that he can execute. The storyline is you play as these guys going through Dungeons and Dragons settings. <laughs> it, it is it is Mistara. It's, it is Mistara. It is Mistara. It's okay. MYS. Yeah, it's Mistara. Um, so the 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 first uh, the first game was uh, is your the Republic of Derekin is under terrible siege as the number of monsters and their attacks arise. Uh, the group of four adventurers step forth to rescue various areas. Um, and they are revealed that the attacks are masterminded by the arch lich Deimos. Uh, <laughs> in the, uh, the follow-up game actually adds some more, uh, character types. I believe there's like a wizard that they add into it, um, and a thief, um, which, um, kind of adds up some, um, newer, uh, player types. The, I think the, the real cool thing about these games, and, and I've played through both of them through the modern port, uh, Chronicles of Mistara, which was released on PSN, Xbox 360, it's on the eShop, I think you can get it for the Switch, is that these, these characters at first look like your standard, standard fight, you know, beat em up characters, you know, the, the, but you, you come to realize that they all have all these different abilities that you get from like holding down one of the buttons and then you could cycle through their abilities and you can like use these all at different times and there's cooldowns for them. So as opposed to utilizing um, energy, there's a cooldown on most of the abilities. So like, for example, the magic user, you can like be throwing spells and then switching off to other spells and waiting for the things to cool down and throwing back those spells. And it just becomes kind of a, a frantic beat-em-up experience. But I, I, I would have felt bad if we talked about the beat-em-up games and did it's not true. go over the two Dungeons and Dragons beat-em-ups, which I think is it's the... True wildest thing <laughs> to happen to the Dungeons and Dragons I, we, franchise. We should actually we should build the um we should put a list together for the stuff that we're gonna be playing for extra life. Yes. These will November, definitely be on we, it. We'll put these on the list. These will definitely uh, be on it. And so and and everything that we play during extra life will of course be streamed. Of course. So, so yeah, so that's beat 'em ups for specifically arcade cabinet beat em ups. I was I was actually just looking up while you were talking about them. I was looking up the Dungeons and Dragons games. Um I have played them and they have some mint looking cabinets. Oh yeah, they look awesome. <laughs> There's there is one that is two thousand dollars on eBay and very tempting very tempting. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, they look so cool. Like there's one that I'm looking at now. It it just looks awesome like the the marquee of all of the characters um there's another one that the marquee is just the logo that classic um you know golden logo dungeons and dragons so uh yeah it's a very very nifty uh very very cool thing to exist but i know you know seth is a big dungeon dragons fan so i yeah i wanted to make sure that we talked about those and i and i think that um we we probably will revisit uh at least ssi sometime in the future oh uh, definitely ssi made a lot of dungeons and dragons and video games specifically like classic video gaming well I, I we wouldn't have role-playing games without dungeons and dragons and to some people's point we we wouldn't have a lot of types of games without dungeons and dragons oh yeah um 
Dungeons and Dragons inspired a lot of the game developers that created a lot of different genre games um, beyond just your standard role playing games. Oh yeah, I mean, and I, I think that um, they're a point that we will we will in a future episode discuss um, those classic Dungeons and Dragons games that I of course owned a majority of. With that, I think that puts us in a fork for specifically beat 'em up games yeah. in the arcade cabinet world. Put a fork in it. It's um, done. Put a fork in it. I'm sure there's other beat 'em up games that we could talk about. Um, let us know if you if there's a beat 'em up game that we didn't talk about and you want us to look at and talk about. We're more than happy to always. Um, we like um, doing stuff based on what fans request on, and we like to go into research stuff for um, things that you guys are interested in hearing about too. Um, so that leads us into our by weight pass segment bwp the by weight pass the the bwps um so zach what are you excited about buying waiting or passing on well seth the game that i am excited uh excited about buying waiting or passing on is a little game and i thought this was fitting for the topic of today called fight night uh that is f-i-g-h-t k-n-i-g-h-t um and fight night is a first person dungeon brawler it is grid based in the uh, it's kind of what they describe as a dungeon crawler meets the action packed real time enemy encounters that you'd find in a brawler or a beat em up. Um, you fight your way through puzzles and enemies to save those trapped in the towers. Um, Eternal night. And they ask the question, will you master the tower and those who wait within? So this game looks very cool does not currently have a release date listed but i think it might be a buy for me just for just how cool it looks as i as i mentioned it 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 takes a lot of inspiration from classic dungeon crawler games probably the the the, the only dungeon crawler i can really think of at the moment is is legends of grimrock which is more of a modern game but it, it takes a lot of inspiration from those style of of games but it also adds in this kind of brawler element um and it's got a lot of other cool things going for it um there's like a whole like sports arena mode that you can enter in where um it looks like you're like throwing discs at each other in first person like playing like football (laughs) with the other enemies and such uh it just looks like a really cool game and i i really love the art style it's kind of a uh retro aesthetic but uh, has kind of a an exaggerated um, kind of artistic style to the characters. Um, it's very fast-paced looking, which is something I always like when it comes to these type of games. So I'll definitely put it on a... I'll put it on a buy as of my understanding that it, it is supposed to be uh, out within the near future. Um, hopefully that doesn't change. But it uh, looks like the ETA for it is sometime this year. Nice. So for my buy weight pass, I I'm actually there's uh it's about it's actually about a game that I already own on a different system and it's coming. So um Quantic Dream is a developer for PlayStation and they are porting a number of their games over to the PC. Um that includes uh Heavy Rain uh, Detroit Become Human, and Beyond Two Souls. And I actually already own Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls for the PS3. Uh, I do not own Detroit Become Human. I was actually very excited about playing Detroit Become Human. And so I'm I'm going to put a essentially a byway pass. My my byway pass is the, quant, the Quantic Dream stuff since it's coming very soon. 
and it'll be out next week on the 18th of June. Um, that's 2020 in case you're listening to this podcast in the future. So it would already be out. But um, uh, there are demos that you can play today. So if you're listening and it's not the 18th, uh, there are three. Each each game has a demo if you're interested in playing them. Uh, Quantic Dream stuff is generally uh, very heavy story driven. Uh, the the um, Heavy Rain is a psychological thriller where you're hunting down a murderer known as the Origami Killer. You have to. Uh, there's four different characters that you kind of play as, where they each they're all following their own kind of lead. Um, the Beyond Two Souls is starring Ellen Page and is something that was psychological. It's not, it's not a psychological thriller. It's more like something to do with like, uh, psychological powers type stuff. Um, you can, you like, from what I remember, there's like the ability to like, um, control and move through temporal it's a very like sci-fi psychic powers type game and then detroit become human i'm i just i know it takes place in detroit and there's and robots in there's it. there's robots in it um very exciting uh i know i know that i like quantic dreams type of uh style of game so i'm going to so i already own heavy rain and beyond two souls um, I'm going to see how much they retail at on when they come to PC. Uh, if they come in and are retail at a reasonable price, I'm thinking for an older PlayStation 3 game, maybe like 20 bucks, 30 bucks maybe, um, then I'll pick it up. If they come out full 59.99, uh, that's going to be a wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see how they do the ports over to them because the cool thing about heavy rain at least with the ps3 and this isn't a spoiler or anything it's a gameplay mechanic that they have in it that utilizes the controller's touch sensitive button pressing so the 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 controller for the ps3 is kind of cool where each button has sensitivity levels to it and that's actually something that comes up in the game you know it actually tells you to like hold down one of the buttons at a certain sensitivity level and if you go over that you'll fail the thing that you're doing so i don't really know how well that's going to translate to keyboard and mouse which do not have those (laughs) but um you know uh, i'm definitely curious to see how they handle the ports yeah i'm curious to see how the reviews come through and i'm curious to see how they handle the ports and but i'm very interested in their catalog and i'm very interested in playing oh yeah definitely yeah on yeah. pc versus the play i mean i can always just i guess go downstairs and play them if i really want to play heavy rain right now but um, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's that's going to be it for us today um zach do you want us do you want to tell people about us a little bit yeah why not so hey you want to listen to us there's plenty of ways to listen to us you can go to spotify you can go to Castbox. you can go to what's that Acast. you can go to itunes you can go to uh you know google you can do all those things and you can subscribe to us there and listen to our podcast we'd appreciate it you can also reach out to us via all the different measures that you can imagine. There is an email address classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com there is a facebook page that we have which is facebook.com classic gaming brothers there's a instagram which is classic gaming brothers 
There's a Twitter at CG Brothers Pod because I messed up. <laughs> There's also our website. You could go to uh, www.classicgamingbrothers.com and get all the the cool stuff that we have there, which is you know has links to our episodes, has some bios and stuff about you know me and Seth. If you're curious about what we look like, it has our photos from like a few yes. years ago, and then uh, yes. <laughs> and our meme master general and our meme master general. Um, and then it also has our merch store. If you're curious in picking something up though right now that's going to be a long wait so just as a heads up yes if you're listening to this podcast during the coronavirus situation our shipping our print department is very slow so we're running about a month behind on orders so we will take your money but we will not ship your product right away yes we will get to to you eventually yes correct there's also a contact form on the website if you don't feel like emailing us but would rather send us a contact message through the contact form which spoiler alert is just emailing us (laughs) so uh reach out to us through all those means again you can you can hit us up on uh any of the social medias we're always we're always excited to uh communicate with our fans and 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 our family our family likes to reach out to us too via our our official channels so we like that you can also check us out on twitch we have a twitch channel classic gaming brothers and we have my view vs classic gaming brothers we like to uh goof around to play video games every now and then we've been playing the the forest we played some checks quest hd we play some starcraft warcraft you can also check us out on youtube we have all of our episodes pretty much up on youtube and then we also have a backlog of some of our twitch streams that we've saved onto the youtube onto the YouTubes, onto those two. Yeah, sometimes we play just strange games on Twitch. Sometimes we do. I mean, there's Landlord Super, which was a weird game to, to yeah, watch you play. It was a fun game. I recommend game. 100% to watch that. That's a good stream. And um, well, there was another weird game. Zachary always plays weird stuff. Yeah, I play weird himself. stuff by myself. Sometimes I, you know, there's Star Wars games. It's a, it's stuff. We've got. If you want content, we've got content. We got content. We got content. We always like to play games that uh that we think are fun. Um, but yeah, yes. you know, check us out. Uh, we appreciate it. Ring the bells, like, subscribe, do all those things that you have to do to to get our content into your feed every single Sunday. And also. Make sure to tell three friends, not four, not two, not one, not five, but three, three friends, just, just three, and friends. just three friends. Don't tell anyone else. Keep it a secret between you and the three friends. Start a little society of you and the three friends. Classic. No, Game those three friends need to tell three friends. That's how it works. Okay. So then they can start a society and so on and so on. And society is all the way down. So, <laughs> but that's it's like, it's like a pyramid scheme, except where we don't accept anything, but to, for you to listen. That's right. That's right. And, uh, that being said, man, I, I can't think of anything else. Seth, is there anything you want to add? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. Yes, we have indeed. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed. Welcome to die! <laughs> <laughs> I am Magneto, Master Magnet. Magnet. <laughs> <laughs>